Hey guys, I'm recording this here on April 5th. It's Sunday. Everyone's trying to survive the crisis. Quick note to you guys, we are moving. You know, you used to delay these episodes by, you know, four to eight months after we recorded them in terms of releasing them on the podcast. We've changed that. A lot of these interviews you're going to hear over the next many months are going to be ones we recorded only days prior. We think that's a smarter way to run the show. I've made the change. So expect more urgent information coming out. Secondly, I am getting destroyed on iTunes reviews by these people that say Nathan's rude, he's hard hitting, blah, 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 which by the way, I am. It's part of my style. It's what works. The problem is people that love that style never take the time to go leave a five-star review. So I only get one or five-star reviews on iTunes. And right now there's a streak of one-star reviews that is driving me crazy. It would mean the world to me, guys. If you're loving the show, you love how direct I am, you like the style, if you go leave a review on iTunes now, if you do that and tweet it to me, text it to me, email it to me, whatever you want. I'm going to reply with a very special surprise. I think a lot of you guys will really like it is heavy, heavy data oriented. All right. So I appreciate that. Thanks guys. Enjoy the show. An influitive founder, earlier founder at Eloqua, now coaching folks, CEOs. We talked all about three things today. Number one, how much runway you need to plan for. Number two, how to cut costs to get to that runway, especially if you're VC backed and you are bloated and burning a lot of capital. Number three, we talked for a good five to eight minutes about specifically how to use your last round valuation or the company valuation to essentially give out stock in exchange for your employees using what you would have paid them in salary and cash and just awarding them stocks saves you money, gets people more invested in the company, and can be good over the long run, just like Mark saw happen in Eloqua after the towers came down in 2001. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Mark Organ. Uh, if if you're looking at him going, wow, you know, he looks healthier and happier and more excited now. That's because he took the very drastic and maybe unconventional move of replacing himself as CEO at a company called Influitive, which he felt he just it, it wasn't the right time anymore. So he's he's built Influitive up to about 12 million bucks in AR, just recently replaced himself. Before that was an early founder at Eloqua. So lots of experience now doing a lot of founder coaching. Mark Organ, you ready to take us to the top? Let's do it. Come on, that was a good bio, right? Just for off this, off, off my, off yeah, the cuff. That was, uh, I'm really impressed with that. Just right <laughs> off the cuff. Awesome. So, guys, uh, the reason this is going to be a little different than most episodes. Okay, so Mark has built many SaaS companies, had a lot of success, but he's spending a lot of his time on founder coaching now. But we're also in the middle of this massive crisis, right? Recession, virus. So, like, we have to tie all these things together. We're going to touch on all of it. Mark, I want to pose this first thing to you, which I think is very interesting and captures kind of not only macroeconomics but also social dynamics during this time, and it's the following. Um, there's a, you know, PPP, this will be released right after we're recording this on Thursday, April 2nd, but the, in the U S the $350 billion stimulus funds basically open up and can be applied for tomorrow. And there's a big debate right now about a thing called an affiliate rule inside of this fund, which basically says VC backed companies should not be applying for this money because they're not frontline restaurant workers that just got laid off. And then there's others going, yeah, but I had to lay off a bunch of my staff. I'm VC backed. I should get some of the money. And there's a lot of people predicting that this stimulus is going to cause additional social unrest between the poor and the wealthy. And and I'm curious to get your thoughts on if you believe that does happen, does that become a storyline in the media? And if so, like how should founders, you know, think about this and communicate it with uh, to their teams? Wow. There's a lot in there. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I do think that anytime the government's coming out and giving a whole bunch of money, to some people and not other people, you have the opportunity for um, for for unrest and for um, a lot of uh, social pressures to come up. I mean, that's been we've seen that in in history. 
I, I would say that as a founder, if you have an opportunity to get cash from the government at this point, like I try to do it. Um, and you're certainly going to pay enough in taxes over your lifetime. So if this is your one opportunity to get a little bit, then, then, then sure, as long as it's not too onerous and having to fill out a huge amount number of forms and everything else like that, which I think could well, take so, away from. So let me give you, um, let me, let me like make this really real for a second. Let's say, let's say Influitive did this, right? Let's say Influitive went. So the way you calculate it, by the way, for anyone listening, is you take your, all your payroll for US based employees over the past 12 months, ignoring contractors capped at $100,000 per employee, right? So if you pay someone 200 grand, you only count 100 grand. You take that number, divide by 12 to get it monthly and multiply by 2.5, right? So if you had a million in payroll, divided by 12, it's 83 grand a month times 2.5. You're eligible for about, you know, what is that? $200,000 in in government stimulus in the US. So Mark, imagine a headline two weeks from now on CNN. Uh, VC-backed San Francisco company with $30 million, right, in VC dollars gets $200,000 check from government bailout. What does the restaurant worker and the laid-off kind of person in Kentucky, when they read that headline on CNN, think about that big VC-backed company that rate just you know took advantage of the stimulus dollars? Look, I think we're in survival mode right now. Um, and so at this point, I'm thinking less about the restaurant worker in Kentucky, and I'm thinking more about how do I make sure that my company survives this? And my rationale here is, look, um, when I get to the other side of this, I'm going to be employing three or four times as many people. I'm going to be generating you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, if not billions of dollars in value for my customers who are going to be more successful because they're using my software. So actually, I feel quite justified in this case, especially because I'm going to be spending, you know, I don't know, uh, in the tens of millions of dollars over my lifetime paying taxes. Um, I, I think that it's okay to get a little bit of help in a challenging time. So I think that's okay, even if that was a headline. Um, I think I could justify that in saying, "Hey, look, this is a tough time for everybody." Um, and, uh, you know, the restaurant business is not actually one that is a sustainable, that doesn't sustainably create lots of, you know, lots of, uh, of, you know, high tech, innovative jobs, whereas I think what I'm doing does. So I know that might sound selfish, but I, I don't think it is. I don't think it is because I think those of us that are in venture backed software companies, um, if we're building valuable software, we are helping our customers, which are other companies become more profitable and making them more successful. Um, I think that's more important than, you know, serving food personally. Good answer. Let's, so let's dive into this a bit more, right? So you're working with SaaS founders now. The, the, you know, the economy really started crumbling, at least in the States, really worldwide, obviously, about two, three weeks ago. For a SaaS founder that you're coaching who had raised a couple million in VC, who was maybe burning 200 grand a month and they only had maybe a million in the bank, Right. So five months of runway. What advice were you giving them a week ago? Yeah, no. And that, that is absolutely the case for a number of my, my customer, my, my clients. So the first thing is we need to build strong defense, right? You can't, it's very difficult to innovate and figure out new products and services for growth until we know that we have enough runway. Um, and it really depends on the situation. There's, you know, there's one of my clients where, uh, she really wasn't able to let go of people. Um, but she was able to get them to uh, to work a four day week instead of a five day week, um, and that was able to save 
a lot of jobs and is keeping the business running. But so, so she pays them maybe only 10 or like 30 or like, or like 80% of their usual monthly salary. Correct. Okay. That's, so that's furloughed exactly. basically. Furlough. Yeah, yeah. It's a furlough, but it is opposed to like going a week off at a time. You're going off. So there's a rotating schedule where every day there's, there's a, you know, if, if she's got 80 people in her company, there's 16 people that are off on a Monday. There's 16 people that are off on a Tuesday you know, and so on. Um, I was pretty smart actually. And, um, she got a great response from her employees who are happy to still have their jobs. Um, and, and they have a day off a week during a weekday where they can prepare and, you know, deal with maybe future stuff that might come down, down, down the pike. So uh, it was pretty innovative. Uh, another one of my clients did, uh, let go, did a 30% riff, um, was going to do a 20% riff. I encouraged him to think deeper um, and instead of um, say, okay, here are the number of people I have and, and, and uh, who may be expendable or, or in this time or redundant, what I encouraged was to start from literally employee one. So I'm employee one, the CEO, I'm the first employee. Who else do I absolutely need? Okay, I need someone in finance. Okay, I need one person in marketing, whatever. So build up from the bottom instead of come down from the top um, so that Instead of instead of doing a twenty percent riff, he actually ended up doing a thirty percent, which actually is better. It means that um, there's more there's more runway. And my experience with this before doing layoffs is that um, you know you'll find out pretty quick what is really essential, and you can always hire that back. Uh, particularly now, it's not hard to hire back uh, now in this time. There's a lot of people available, um, so that's another one. And yet, yet another person. Um, you know, opened up an employee stock ownership plan available to everybody um, and encouraged everybody to buy stock with their compensation. And a lot of people did. Um, okay, wait, that's interesting. I hadn't heard of that before. Let's break that down. So first off, give me some context without naming the company. How, I mean, is there some, uh, have they raised VC? And if so, how much? Uh, yes, they've raised um, 22 million. Okay. And how many total team members do they have pre-virus? So pre-virus... Um, this is a bigger company. So pre-virus, this was 320. Okay. And, and now it's lower, but not a lot lower. So they, you know, cut to cut 40 people. So there's 280 people. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, making, making it available and, you know, he encouraged, like we, I, I encourage you to spend 20% of your comp on, on stock, right? It'd be great, but, but made it optional. There's some who, who bought a lot more. This company's actually doing really well. Uh, there's an opportunity to, to be a unicorn, I think in the next four or five years. Well, let me, um, hold on. Let me run this down, Mark, cause I think people are going to want to copy this cause I think it's an interesting model. Uh, let me, let me, I'm going to make some, again, granding generalizations for a second for the sake of getting more specific. They, let's say they've raised 20 million they've maybe done it over many rounds, but let's say like the last round valuation, I'm going to make this up was something like a hundred million, right? So they raised like yeah. 15 on like 85 pre, yeah. right? Probably not far off. Yeah. Okay. Let's say it was that. Did they just, so then now they have to come up with a price yeah. of which the employees can use their, what have been their cash comp to basically get awarded those shares? Two questions. Did they use the last funding round price? Number one. Um, so the answer is yes, but I think that, um, they could have come up with a much lower price, which is something that I did. So at Eloqua, when we were really in trouble after 9-11 and we had four months of cash left, um, I did something similar 
um, where uh, we, uh, together with the the, the board, um, uh, decided on a pretty low price for the stock because it was after 9-11, there was no budgets or whatnot. Um, and uh, we came up with a pretty arbitrarily low price. I remember it was 10 cents a share, which was a nice round number uh, at the time. Um, and uh, we probably valued the company at something like $2 million. And um, basically everybody in the company bought stock. That's where I got the idea from. Right? It was my own experience. Everybody could have bought stock. Uh, a number of people's parents and relatives and whatnot all bought, not not just because they believe in the company, but they, wa- they want to keep it alive and keep, keep their kids' jobs. Yeah. But uh, that extended our life from, we had four months of cash remaining, and it went extended from four months to nine months. It was actually a really big difference. Because you cut burn so much because they, instead of paying out cash, they were using that would-be cash to, and you were just awarding stock, basically. That's right. Um, and so we gave a lot of stock. And as a result, there's you know a number of, uh, you know, there are some pretty junior folks at, at Eloqua that are, you know, made $10 million plus when Eloqua went public. And that's because they got so much stock during this time when we were in real trouble. Okay, Top Tribe, many of you ask me all the time, how did I get my website up so fast, so quickly, and why is it doing so well? The answer is simple. I use HostGator.com to keep the thing cranking along. They've got a 45-day money-back guarantee, which is great. I used their free website builder to get the site up because it's ideal for WordPress. It's just what I use. They've got 4,500 templates and a free e-commerce plugin as well and 24-7 support, which we love, right? We love that. I bug the hell out of them. They always get back to me. So I've got you 30% off along with $100 in free AdWords credit. To grab it, just go to HostGator.com forward slash Nathan, but you got to do it now. Again, HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. So back to this current example, if all the employees agree to buy stock, what percent of the company has this company dedicated to this program specifically for the virus? 10% of the company, 5%, 20%? Um, let me... Actually, I can figure that out. Um, and it's still ongoing, so we don't know how much stock they're going to buy. Um, I don't think they put. He's put. Uh, I don't think the CEO has put a limit on how much on how much they could buy. I, I think in the, the model, he had something like two and a half million dollars worth. I guess the reason I'm asking is because typically like in these funding rounds, the VC that put in the money will also require you to to top up your employee option pool, usually 10% of the company. And I'm just curious if he went and back got approval from the VC to expand that option pool or if he's just taking the unallocated stock that he hasn't given to like new hires and basically using that option pool to put out to current employees if they buy that instead of taking cash. Uh, it's it's not part of the option pool. It's not It's not options. They're buying shares. Okay, they're buying co- they're buying common shares. In, Did uh, he have if, to go back and get approval from the the VCs because they're obviously getting diluted? Everyone's getting diluted. Yeah, but the VCs are happy are happy to do it. Interesting. Um, well, it also strengthens the company, right? And that, that's really what happened too. After you know when uh, at, at Eloqua, when the employees bought all the stock, was they really were owners at that. point. And so it built a very strong and resilient culture. So I think smart VCs are always really happy when employees own more of the company, especially if they're paying for it. Yep. The big difference between getting awarded a bunch of options that 
have an expiration that can, you know, that, uh, um, they have to be redeemed within three months after leaving. I mean, these are, those are much more ephemeral. Whereas no, these guys are card carrying shareholders. They're going to show up to the annual shareholders meeting. Um, and they're on the same playing field as, you know, all, all other, um, all other investors. So let me try and put this in two sentences, put it in a bow for the audience and you, and you confirm if I articulate this correctly. This VC-backed company, okay, with about with about 340-ish people, had to cut down to 280 people. They still wanted to save some additional cash flow. So what they did is they raised 20 million in venture capital. Last round was called 85 million. They raised 15, so 100 million post money. They basically dedicated $2 million of company valuation in terms of the shares to dole out to current employees, the 280 that left, if they chose to take those shares instead of getting paid cash for salary that total amount is two million dollars on the hundred million so basically there's two percent of the company they're leveraging during this crisis to give out to employees who take that equity instead of cash beautiful that's it right yeah okay and and actually i think that's one of the best things that you could do at this time again you strengthen the company you you raise more cash the employees are super motivated um so uh it's a that's a it's a good move um so yeah, so those are three different ways that my clients have uh, got themselves more more runway. Um, and what's enough, by the way? You said at the beginning, you said they everyone needs more enough runway. What is enough right now? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, I would want to be able to buy a minimum of nine months. So I think in nine months, um, most good. Founders, founders and CEOs can figure out how to get their company profitable, um, and so nine months to me is the is the absolute minimum of time that you need, and that's exactly what I did at uh, at uh, at Eloqua after nine eleven was was buying to nine months, um, and um, and also putting a plan in place now for how are we going to be profitable and cash flow positive after those nine months. Does um, nine months assume? A little growth, no growth, or a churned assumption on it, top line. It it really depends on the company, right? So, you know, I've got one client where it's he's going to assume negative growth that he's not going to add any new clients and he's going to uh, customers and he's going to lose a bunch. And but but then you know, actually, most of the customers are still selling. Actually, they're still they're still growing, still selling. You're probably seeing that with SaaS companies like that. That's uh, that is that is continuing. Um, but with assumptions on selling a lot less, um, and, uh, and the churn. So typically what I'd say is that churn, um, is going to go up by 10 points. So if you're used to 20% churn, that might go up to 30% churn. Um, and your new sales growth is going to be, you know, pretty, pretty anemic in terms of ARR. Um, the way that, I've got my companies profitable for when I need to and how I'm coaching my clients is to uh, cut way back on partners and focus on doing a lot more services in-house. So I think services is really a missed opportunity for a lot of SaaS companies. Um, and um, Well, it's lower margin, so they try and outsource it, right? Because their VCs say, we want high margin SaaS only. Exactly, right? And maybe that makes sense when you're growing 200% a year and whatever. But right now, it's all about survival. And especially when your customers themselves are letting go of people, there's myriad opportunities to understand how you can add more value. And so the way I'm approaching my, my clients is to 
Um, spend more time with customers. Obviously, you can't go face-to-face anymore, which is unfortunate because a lot you can learn when you go face-to-face. But spend more time, especially with senior senior customers, and you know, understand more in depth, well, how are they using your software? What other software are they using? What are they using spreadsheets for? What are they using CRM for? Um, and figure out like what else you can do because there's probably more that you can do. Um, they're already comfortable, you know, buying from you. You're probably as a, as an enterprise SaaS company, you are a market expert. You're an expert in whatever it is that you do. Um, and so if you think of yourself more like a services company and because now, you know, it doesn't really matter what VCs think, what really matters is getting to cash flow positive and, and getting profitable. Um, that's, um, there's lots of opportunities to deliver services at actually pretty high margin, you know, $200 an hour plus. Yeah. Product enabled service. Yeah. With the SaaS product they've built. I I think that's, I think that's it. And even doing services. So, I mean, I went as far as, um, doing services where I've not even sold my product yet. Mm -hmm. So for example, there are a number of, you know, today, most companies do needs analysis for free. Right. Hey, hey, I'm a sales rep. I call you up and say, hey, let me understand more about your needs and I'll give you a proposal and whatnot. But that's a service that you're rendering. You're rendering needs analysis service. You're re- you're delivering a proposal service. You're just not charging for it. Yep. Charge for it. Good way to get cash in the door. Yeah, Mark- especially if, you, you know, if you're really focused on a target market that you understand better than anybody else. If you're the expert, you can actually charge someone $10,000 to understand their needs in great detail and give them a proposal that they can then use to, they can hire you and your software or they can go to your competitor. Yep. But most likely they're going to go to you. That's right. Hey, we're running out of time here, Mark, but I want to get one last question in. There's a lot of people that would say engineers, their payback is longer term than hiring a salesperson that you know can close deals today. So if you have a team and there's a founder listening right now with 10 engineers and four sales reps and the engineers also usually cost more and you have to fire four people, do you fire engineers or do you fire salespeople? Um, I would fire any salespeople that are not ramped uh, because it takes too long to get payback. So my framework on this is that in a time of crisis, your cost of capital is enormous, which means that you need to get payback very quickly with a high level of certainty. So a new sales rep is going to be a very uncertain investment. It's going to take too long. So if you've got four reps and, you know, one of them still ramping, cut the one that's ramping. Um, on the engineers, if the engineers aren't working on stuff that is going to generate a payback within six months, then they need to be reallocated or they're gone. So that's what it's all about. It's all about how do I get payback within six months and I want to get at least a three times return within 12 months. Now, normally for engineering, you're looking at a very different equation. Normally in engineering, you want to get a 20 times return on investment within two years. But this is a different time. Um, and so like any Horizon 2 investments, okay, Horizon 3 investments in product, gone, right? So which normally Horizon 3 investments are the ones that actually generate the biggest return, but it takes a long time. It's very risky. So those are gone. Horizon 2 you know, you really want maybe only one Horizon 2 investment that may be game-changing for you, which means that Horizon 2 investment, you might want to get a 10 times return within two years. There's only room for one of those. Everyone else, I think, has got to be zeroed in on the current customers and doing whatever it takes to minimize churn. And with what, what do we need to build right now to win new customers in the door, especially things that reduce cost and risk for our customers? That's what they want to buy. They want to buy 
risk reduction. They want to buy cost reduction. Um, so it, it may feel myopic and a short-term focus, but it's what we need to do to get through the crisis. And once you do that, you know, you may be the only one left standing, and then you can invest in all kinds of amazing things that'll let you grow big in the future. Guys, there you have it. Mark Organ, an influitive founder, earlier founder at Eloqua, now coaching folks, CEOs. We talked all about three things today. Number one, how much runway you need to plan for. Number two, how to cut costs to get to that runway, especially if you're VC backed and you are bloated and burning a lot of capital. Number three, we talked for a good five to eight minutes about specifically how to use your last round valuation or the company valuation to essentially give out stock in exchange for your employees using what you would have paid them in salary and cash and just awarding them stock. Saves you money, gets people more invested in the company and can be good over the long run, just like Mark saw happen in Eloqua after the towers came down in 2001. Mark, thank you for taking us to the top. Thank you, Nathan.